Welcome to another edition. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. <laughs> My name is Donnie. My name is David, and we are two entrepreneurs that deal with anxiety, mental health issues, loneliness. Success, amazing things, manifestation. Y'all, today we are about to talk about what we would do if we had to do it all over again. We want to talk about what we would do if we had to start all over again, because David, sometimes... Sometimes we can give advice, not us necessarily, but when people are going like to mentors that they've identified or they're getting in these groups and these, you know, asking these questions on these Q&A. Sometimes I see people give advice like forgetting about where they were, right? So what if you knew everything that you know today about building business gaining wealth, investing, being successful? What if you knew everything, but you hadn't applied it yet and you had to start today? I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of Cheesecake Factory Shans. Shout out to Cheesecake Factory Shans. Cheesecake Factory needs to cater an episode. We mentioned so much. They need to cater an event. We need a deal. First of all, Black Equity Con next year, Cheesecake Factory, what's up? What's up? What we doing? What's up? What we doing? (laughs) If I had to start over, um, here's what's probably, I would honestly probably start the same way because where I am is a result of all of it. So Mm -hmm. started selling t-shirts with an idea of inspiration and motivation. Um, Sleep is for suckers, like trying to help people identify there's so many different ways to be sleep, right? So there are people Mm. that are sleepwalking. Like they're at work right now. They're listening to this right now. Sleep to who you are as a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started putting that message on T-shirts and I started selling not the T-shirt, but the message. And that went into kind of a natural pro- progression of books. But through this whole time, I picked up a camera and started shooting my own content. So mm-hmm. 2010... I made this video uh, explaining the concept of sleep is for suckers and what it means and things of that nature because everybody kept asking me what it means. So I picked up a camera and shot it. And then I did my own video. I, I was literally in my room by myself. My living room, actually. I saw that first video in my living room, but I started shooting. I was set up in my living room. I had a green screen in my living room. Mm. and started shooting these videos and shooting this content. And fast forward, um, all of that stuff helped today, but I would for sure pick up a camera. Okay. For sure. If I, Donnie Wiggins, knew what I know now, but hadn't yet started, like, let's just say, like many of you, you are in all the courses, you're watching this podcast and all these other podcasts that's teaching you what you need, but you hadn't started anything. Um, I would probably have started in the digital space. I started with clothing stores, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I started with clothing stores. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I want to change my answer. <laughs> I would have started in the digital space. It was just so much easier. Now, I love my clothing stores and I always had this dream and I still do of seeing like my name or my brand in lights. Like it, I have to see it on a building somewhere. I want to mm-hmm. pull up and I want to see that. But if I could do it all over again, knowing what I know today about business and success, I would start in the digital space because where I am now, it has put me in a position that if I wanted to go and open a clothing store, I could do stress-free today, mm-hmm. right? If it worked, it worked. If it didn't, I ain't tripping. You know yeah. what I mean? You want it to work. But back then, when me and my friend started this clothing store, 
we were really starting it out of duress. Like she was getting money from her boyfriend at the time. I was working an $11 an hour job because we were coming off of the back of a recession. And I was literally, I had moved in with my mom and she was allowing me to take all my checks to figure life out. And so I was taking any money that I was making at $11 an hour and we would just like, buy inventory. We didn't have a store. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were just buying stuff, manifesting this store. And when we launched, um, we found this store. We live in Atlanta, Georgia. We found a store in Macon, which where I lived at that time, it was about an hour and 10 minute drive to and from every single day. We only did that because the rent was like, I want to say $600 a month for a thousand square feet, or it was a thousand dollars a month for 600 square feet. One of the two really cheap rent. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, it was like, at that time, like $8,000 a month, $10,000 a month. So we didn't have the opportunity to do it. Today, I would start in the digital space, still doing what I did. So even though I opened that brick and mortar, we start, I started on Facebook, taking people through my journey. The year or two before that, I lost everything. Mm -hmm. If you don't know that story, go back a couple, you know, to my very first episode, 52. Um, I lost everything and I'm rebuilding. I was more afraid of hiding the fact that I lost everything and somebody be able to tell everybody that I lost everything. So I beat everybody to the punch Mm -hmm. and I I shared on Facebook, even at that time, this is 2010, I lost everything because I had to go to the food stamp office. Mm. And when I went to the food stamp office to get food stamps, my friend from high school, who was a co-cheerleader with me in high school, was the person who had to do my application. So I'm like, shucks, there goes this being discreet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I go to the food stamp office and I fill out that paperwork and I just decided like, I'm not going to let anybody beat me to the punch. I'm going to tell my own story. Mm-hmm. And so I share with everybody that I lost everything. And as we're building the store, we get the store. We're showing the process. We're mm-hmm. documenting the process visually through Facebook pictures. At that time, there were no videos. Mm-hmm. Painting the walls. There, there was one damaged wall that we couldn't afford to get fixed. So we cut out magazine pictures of clothes and things that we liked and taking them through that process. But we really nickeled and dimed our way to successfully opening a store. I love it because I have the brick and mortar experience, but I would much rather have, I wish I would have known how to share my story 100% digitally first, grew it to where we're making the money that we are today and then went back and opened the store. Yeah, I think some element. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I would definitely uh, would have jumped into the digital space sooner. But um, I, I still think I would probably pick up a camera. I would start shooting content, like just understanding it, just being a creator, because that's one person that everybody relies on. Like even our podcast, right? There are people who are like in the digital space. They understand um, how to market. They have a great product, but they need podcasters who understand how to turn on the camera, create the content, build a platform that other people can stand up, yeah. stand on. Like yeah. I would 100% start being a photographer, a videographer or whatever, but understanding content creation. And I think, I think you would agree with this. I would have focused more on becoming something special. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds average. I mean, I'm just this average guy selling t-shirts. I have a, I have an above average message. Message. I have an incredible story. But I really wish I would have focused on becoming something amazing. Like, what are the elements that you've acquired? First that of all, creates this picture of Donnie Wiggins of who you are today. You just made my mind do this. You just made my mind do this because, number one, a couple of things. I don't want you guys to miss this. David and I both started as content creators before we knew what content creation was. (laughs) (laughs) We were content creators before we even knew that that was a thing. But my mind is just blown right now because I have always praised myself on being the one who could be a jack of all trades. Mm. I've always praised myself on being the one. Like there are some people who are just exception, exceptions to the rule. And I've always said, I am the exception to the rule. Like I, I, would, I can do anything. <laughs> I will teach people like, let's just do one thing, right? Mm. Let's focus in one area and let's, and that's not what I really did. I didn't really focus on one thing at a time. Now I didn't start to achieve freedom money, F you money until... <laughs> I started to focus on one thing, but I was successful before that, right? It doesn't take making seven figures to be successful. You can be successful at six figures. You define what success is. I was successful before that, but you just said, I really wish I would have taken the time to become special or great at something. And I'm thinking to myself, like I have been just like many people trying to convince myself that I'm really a jack of all trades when what if 20 years ago I would have just been focused on being great at one thing? Sure. Like I remember there was a point in my life where I was making I was making six figures for a long time. But I was for a long time not making six figures from one idea. I was doing this and this and this and my job and all of this stuff to make six figures. So I'm working all the time just to make this six figures because at that time, the only goal that I had was to make six figures. Mm. I hadn't identified or mapped out what my life needed to look like in order for me to actually enjoy that six figures, Mm. use that six figures, save that six figures, reinvest that six figures. The only thing that I could see was I got to make six figures. That was the only goal. Mm. And so I was piecing together network marketing, my job. I started, um, I had the clothing store. I started in the coaching space before I knew that I was in the coaching space. All these things just to hit this monetary goal. If I had to start over today, Donnie being the Donnie that I am now, I understand how important it is to not just have a monetary goal, but also life map. What does life need to look like for you to enjoy that goal. For example, we both had the seven-figure goal February of last year. We did it last year. This year, I sat and I said, the amount, remember earlier this year, I was just going through a lot mentally, like anxiety through the roof, just something I had never experienced before. And while I still can't really explain everything that happened there, I do know that in that moment, I took the time to get to know me a little bit more. And I decided Mm -hmm. I don't want to work that hard for seven figures. I will give seven figures up if it means that I have to work that hard. That's just really money isn't my motivator. I like to make money. (laughs) okay, but I am not motivated by money. 
I am motivated by accomplishing. And that doesn't necessarily mean money for me. Can I put a pin in that and yes. you come back to your point? I want Not a pin in it, but I want to say something and start yeah, a conversation. Yeah, well, so my point was, yeah. I think the, the total point was, oh, if I could do it all over again, I would life map what my life needs to look like in order for me, like what's comfortable for me when I make this money. So does that mean that I want to be going into the office every day? Does that mean that I want to work from home? Does that mean that I want to be a solopreneur or do I need a team? How many hours do I want to work? I think that's important to really understand like what fits your personality, what fits your lifestyle, what fits your family and build with that in mind from the start. Right. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. So, yeah, get get back to what you were saying. I think you just finished it out, but I, I want to get to something you just said, where say? money isn't your motivator. Mm-hmm. When, uh, the, the interesting, go ahead. Money isn't my motivator. My motivator accomplishments are. Right. But it seems like mm-hmm. anyone who says that mm-hmm is at a position where money is no longer the motivator. But it appears that, and maybe it's just, you know, um, maybe you're a different case, but it seems like everybody who says that, including myself, mm-hmm. money was the motivator to get the money and mm-hmm. then you have it and mm-hmm. now money is no longer the motivator. I agree. I don't, I don't disagree with that. So as I am thinking, if, well, you know, I don't know because... I have always had goals and I wanted to achieve the goal, right? So open my clothing store, done. I never attached the clothing store to a monetary goal. Mm -hmm. I wanted to open the clothing store. At that time, I needed to get off my job. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to feed my daughter the way that we had been used to before we lost everything. Um, And I wanted to drive up to my own place. And as long as I could do that, I was happy. The moment that, that started to become a challenge, I was unhappy, right? Mm -hmm. But I never attached a monetary goal to it. When I was involved in network marketing, 
in network marketing, there are these like leadership levels that you have to achieve. So Diamond is one of them or whatever the leadership level was. And I remember wanting to be a leadership level very early in my network marketing career. I just wanted to hit that level because I wanted to walk up to the front of the room. It had nothing to do with the money that they made. I think though, the Donnie that I know, here's the thing. I think we get what we are. I, I think the, the, the conversation of money isn't a motivator because it's not a money, it's not a motivator for me. But when money was a motivator, it motivated me to go get some money. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I think there are some people that they're too premature in their entrepreneurial journey to say, well, money isn't my motivation. And that might be cool, but just expect you probably won't get much. You probably won't get much. Money is more of a requirement to me than a motivator. Like I know what I require financially to live the life that I want to live. Like if you've never had any money, don't get me wrong. Go out and get some money. Go get get some some money. And then decide if it's your And then decide if that motivates you or it doesn't. (laughs) Do you know what really motivated me? I've always, I've, I've just liked being Like when I sold cars, I was the number one salesperson Mm. in my real estate office. I was like one of the top realtors. Like I just like winning, Mm. right? The money came along with winning. The money was a residual effect of the win that I was going after. Mm. I didn't associate it, but what one thing, and maybe it was a few, but one thing that I can clearly remember transformed my thought process into I got to get this money was I remember when I I remember a period in life, I was talking to a friend. She was dating then a basketball player and we were in our 20s and life was just amazing for her. He's taking care of her mom. He's taking care of everything. And when they broke up, he took every single name was off the account. Mm. You know, he, he, he took he removed her access from everything before he broke up with her. So she didn't even have an opportunity to ask, you know, how is this going to go? And I remember thinking, I will never be in a position like that. I will never allow the reason that I enjoy certain things in life to be at the hands of somebody else and I'm unable to do it for myself. So when that experience happened to her, it was that, it was also, it was another reminder when I when I did lose everything and I was too embarrassed to like ask for help. So there was no, I had to go and get it. So for me, it was the thought of, I set a goal that said, I would not get married mm. until I made a million dollars. What? Mm-hmm. I wanted to, Dang. I wanted to. I wanted to earn because I knew I was going to make a million dollars. Like I knew a long time ago that I would become a seven figure earner. Right. I didn't know how I didn't know when I just knew it. And I had been in situations where I had dated people before and in dating them, they thought that they accelerated me in some way. And I'm like, y'all was popping before you. Son. Don't play. <laughs> don't play these games with me. Right. And so it, I, I identified in that moment, like I wanted to bring something to the table And for me to feel complete, I said, I'm not getting married until I make a million dollars because nobody will ever take credit for what I built. Now, who did it? Somebody come on in here and (laughs) you can take credit now. You can, you can, hey, you can take credit. But I say that I was, I was very serious and I used to say it and I think I've almost manifested 
to be clear, I didn't make that seven figures until last year. I think I manifested not being married. In fact, I'm sure of it <laughs> until that oh, happened. Oh, wow, because now you're in a really good place. I'm in a really good place and so is my personal life, right? Yeah. But all throughout my 20s, I used to say it not realizing I was manifesting it like y'all can have, because I would see my friends get married. My friends were getting married in their 20s. My friends were getting married very early on and they're building these lives and then my friends started getting divorced and they're splitting things and in these nasty custody battles and nasty financial battles and I'm like, yo, that is unattractive as heck. Like, Ooh. I don't want to deal with that. I am going to bring, I remember my friend had a business that she started. Husband was totally opposed to it. She started it while they were married when they got, and she made a lot of money. When they got divorced, he asked for spousal support. So I wanted to bring my oh. something to the table first. Then we get married. Uh, <laughs> right? So that, 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 interest, that, that poses a question. Do you recommend building something, ladies, before you get with somebody who has something? Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's What do you possible, teach your daughter? What do you teach your daughter? That's a better question. Um, I definitely teach my daughter to stand on her own two feet. But she doesn't have to... If I had to do this part all over again, I don't know that I would honestly say I'm not going to get married until... I've reached seven figures. Like, it's almost kind of ridiculous, right? I don't know what that was, in me, but I've seen so much. I've just seen too many people with these divorces and going through these battles. Deja knows how to go and get it, mm -hmm. period. She will never have to rely on another human being to simply survive in life. And I believe I've taught her enough that she'll never have to rely on another human being to determine how she thrives in life. Yeah. That's her thing. But I don't want her to be afraid in, of building a life with someone, right? I don't want her to be afraid of that ever mm -hmm. again or, or ever, period. She's never been afraid of that. But, and I'm not afraid of that. It's just um, what I am afraid of is, I don't even know if I'm afraid. I was just totally turned off by the concept of marriage when I started to see all of the divorce. And then I started to see like when I grew up, at least I didn't hear about men seeking like spousal support from women. Mm. I didn't hear about that. But it wasn't until I started having friends who and females who had a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. And then I'm starting to see these requests for spousal support. And I'm like, oh, this is a thing. Oh, wow. This is a thing. So you you get with a man and you go out there and build something amazing. You want to bring something to, to the table in your marriage. And then he he wants spousal support. I mean, you'd rather be in that position than the other. Yeah, I, it was just not an option. Um, it was, it, it was, it's, and it, and I'm not saying this for other women. You live your life how you want to. For Donnie Wiggins, however, it was not an option for me to get married as a broke woman. I got you. I feel that. I feel that. So you're saying if you had to start this thing all over again, you would be relation more open to relationships before you got your money. I mean, I was open to relationships. It was just the marriage thing. You. Now, and, and one of the things that I did to be intentional about making it more difficult for me, because I'm a relationship person. I love to be in, in a relationship. I'm, I love my relationship now. I love being in a relationship. But one thing that I did, like a filter that I did to like slow down the, because when I get them, honey, I get them. <laughs> OK, it's, it's a wrap. It ain't long before you're trying to get married, right? <laughs> it's, all right. Um, 
one of the filters that I put in place was that I didn't date seriously in Atlanta. I only did long distance relationships for mm. like almost almost 10 years. Mm. Mm-hmm. Intentionally. In, super intentional. Where do you live? Oh, dang. You fine, but. You fine, but. I mean, I would go on a date and, you know, but I would not engage with anybody on a serious level in Atlanta because um, I just didn't want that kind of distraction. Mm-hmm. I would always date long distance. And with the long distance thing, um, there was one situation that became very serious, but it ended because I wasn't willing to relocate. Neither was he. Gotcha. We both had, you know, stuff going on. So that was that. Um, I want to say, so Kenny is my first serious, significant relationship in Atlanta. And it's up. In freaking 10 years, Dang, I think. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. So, wow. but, you know, that relationship is also on a different level. So if I had to do it all over again, would I not date? Dating just wasn't the priority for me. Like mm-hmm. dating, yes. Serious marriage mindset just was not the priority. It was a priority for me when, before Deja was born, her father and I were engaged Mm -hmm. to be married and marriage was a priority for me at that time. When we broke up, we had purchased the house. When we broke up, it became a matter of technically who gets the house. He didn't press me for the house. I kept the house, right? Um, he went, he moved, he did his thing, but instantly it went from a two income household to a one income household, even though he's always done what he needs to do for Deja, but still it's a difference, right? Um, it immediately went to that. It immediately went to, if something is broken, it's my responsibility to get it fixed and all this stuff. So when that relationship ended, I'm like, the adjustment was so hard for me and for Deja and for him that marriage was off the table for me. I'm I'm not I'm not interested in getting engaged again. I want to get my life together. So, when I am ready and when that person does come and if marriage is on the table and if like all these other people I see it doesn't work out, at least money isn't the one thing I got to be concerned about. Sure. I like that. I like that. Okay. I think this is giving uh some people some insight and some things to think about. Mhm. Because I know there are a lot of women, let's say, and men that are so caught up in this person that it becomes a distraction for the business. Mm-hmm. And um, I, Grant Cardone said something during our interview that I'll never, ever forget. He said, I told my wife up front, he said, I will never beat on you. He said, I will never cheat on you. He said, I'm never going disrespect, to dis- disrespect you, but I'm not giving up my dream for you. He said that up front, mm-hmm. not giving up my dream. And I think there's a lot of people who put their dream on the back burner because I'm so wrapped up in this person, even before like marriage and stuff like that. And um, I think, especially if you're not dating, and I, it, especially if you're dating someone that's not an entrepreneur, they don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much you try to explain it to them. They just, they cannot they will not and cannot understand what it's like to build something, mm-hmm. to put your heart, soul, time, energy, blood, sweat, tears into something. Mm-hmm. And obviously the person that you're with wants, wants to be a big priority for you. Mm-hmm. But it's so tough. You know, one of the reasons 
main reasons I think me and Kenny work so well. Why is that? We've made it clear to each other. He made it clear to me and I made it clear to him. Purpose first. Purpose first. And in dating, when you're dating, I couldn't necessarily say that I was a, I fit into his purpose. We're mm-hmm. dating. I don't know. We're dating, right? Mm-hmm. We like each other very much. We may even love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to be clear that I will let this whole thing go if it disrupts what I am purposed to do. I could have been more clear in my relationships. Mm-hmm. I made that very, very clear. Well, he made it very, very clear. And I made it very clear because that was another thing that I dealt with in dating. I've, I've pretty much dated. Dang, that just set me free. That just set you free? All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Set me free. Did it? Tell me more. I don't have to go down this line, this this storyline. Because I... I be telling so much. David don't tell nothing. I battle with... Like there's something that I have to do for this, this vision that I have, but it's, it's interrupted by my thought of, but how is this person going to feel? Or dang, I want to, man, but every time I leave and come back, Sarai says something else, like another word. I'm like, dang, I missed it. Mm -hmm. But this, as an entrepreneur, if you're dating an entrepreneur, there's one thing that makes this person happy in uncomparable happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's actually building. In, uncompar- in, incomparable. Incomparable. Can't let you go out like that. Incomparable mm-hmm. happiness is building something special, building the thing that's in your head and you start seeing progress. There's nothing, there's, 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 no, there's no happiness like it. Right. There's a happiness when I'm spending time with my daughter, like, and there's no happiness like that. There's a time there's, you know, a a, a joy that um, I get when I'm playing basketball or Monopoly with my friends or whatever. There's no happiness. Just like all of that, 
being an entrepreneur, especially for how long I've been, mm-hmm. I can't really compromise that, but I haven't expressed it to the people that I love. Right. Like not even, not even like my wife, but in the past, mm-hmm. I've not said it and been okay knowing that this is something that makes me happy. Yeah. And I got to do this. And but But it's deeper. It's not even this is something that makes me happy. This is something that I can't escape. I can't. I can't. I can't escape this. This is what like, everybody has a purpose. The lucky people are those who discover what that purpose is, yeah. right? The luckiest people are the people, the special people are the people who answer the calling of mm. that purpose. Like some people know what their purpose to do, but they're running away from it. They won't answer the call. Mm. The special people pick up the phone and they they answer that call of what that purpose is supposed to be. And this has nothing to do with my happiness. It just doesn't. This is what I'm supposed to do. God called me to impact people the way that I impact people. I cannot refute that. And anybody, mom, daughter, significant other, friend, who attempts to make me feel guilty for that, I got to put you on ice for a minute. Like in this season, until, and maybe I hadn't done a good job, showing you exactly how you fit into your purpose. Because when you're so purpose-driven, sometimes people feel like, oh, all he does or all she does is work, 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 work. Mm. I don't fit in. I don't have a place. Okay, cool. Let's solve that. Let me think about, let me really sit down and get clear in my purpose and figure out how you fit into this so I can communicate that to you and you have a clear understanding. I wish I was, I had a chance to talk to Coretta Scott King. Oh, yes. This man, her husband, is out there every single day fighting the fight or Betty Shabazz or like, uh, I don't know, um, Michelle Obama or like anybody who has been the supporting backbone to a person that's going to change the world. Mm -hmm. I want to have those type of conversations. I would love to have those conversations. Um, I almost feel bad for saying this, but I admire Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott for their contribution to the world. I admire them. There's no question about that. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott, they're heroes. I don't admire their marriage. Mm. But how can you, when you have such a... You got so much, so many pressures. Mm-hmm. You can't obviously all the stuff that we hear that was going on and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I would not. I don't admire their marriage in a sense of I wouldn't have traded places with her. Like I don't want a marriage like that, right? And very few women do. I I would love to sit down and have a conversation. Like, why'd you stay? Mm-hmm. You're dealing with death threats people actually trying to take your husband's life. You're right next to him, could have taken your life. Now you've got kids and then you're dealing with an infidelity issue. Like, it's not enough, husband, that your purpose is threatening my life. Now I got to deal with infidelity issues. I just want to know, like, did you feel like you were so connected to his purpose and and you were living your purpose and you and and that was more important than like some people I've talked to older couples, especially 
um, that may be like especially. in there. Especially. I've talked to older couples that have been married for like 40, 50 years. And there are some women who I've literally heard say, honey, you'll go through so much and you'll experience so much in life and you'll do so much together that the infidelity is minor. Mm. I don't know that I feel that way, right? Mm. Um, but if is that a thing? Like, is it that, you know, we're so connected by purpose that that cheating stuff is so minor in the grand scheme of life? I don't feel that way today, but I would love to have had that conversation to say, man, that was a great thing that you guys did. And he's a he's he's one of my top three heroes for mm-hmm. sure. No questions asked. But this is for me, it's a, it's a clear situation where you separate the man from the mission. Yeah. Were you do you think Coretta may have said something to the effect of I had to because that was her duty? Imagine her leaving. What that could have potentially done to us as a people. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, was the purpose so much bigger in comparison to infidelity that the infidelity just didn't matter? Like, were you more concerned with the fact that if I leave, what message does this send? So today, I would love that conversation that you're talking about having. I would love to have it with... uh, Mr. and Mrs. Obama, we don't know what's happening in their personal life. But as of right now, they mm-hmm. have the ideal situation. They have literally ruled this country. They are college sweethearts. They have built something together. He loves her. She loves him. They are super outward and open about their expression of love. They have kids that have grown. You know, they, they're they like the first White House kids that did not just go and be a complete like embarrassment. They they seem Are like they? a blueprint. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about this historical. What about? I don't know. I don't know. Well, name name some White House kids that weren't an embarrassment. I don't know. The Clintons, they all right, right? What? No. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. And not only are the we can't even use them because you know, Monica. Um, so yeah, but that was him. That that's was him, it. but no, their kids had some, their kids had some issues. Um, and not, not necessarily bad, but these, what I'm, what I mean is the, the Obamas, as we know them so far right now, I don't know what's going to come out 50 years from now, but wh- who we know today, they're like the blueprint. If their lifestyle is your thing, their lifestyle happens to be my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, they're like a blueprint. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, how, because you see so many situations where you have, Especially like in my own relationship, you have a powerful man and you have a powerful a woman who impact the world together, our parts of the world. Many people will lead you to believe that that's impossible. And as a woman, you have to kind of just push your purpose to the side and help your man do his thing. Mm. When there is a way that if you really understand purpose and if you really sit down and take the time to figure out what that is, like... Kenny and I even had that back and forth at one point, like early in our relationship, like, well, this is my purpose. Well, this is my purpose. And this is my purpose. And this is my, and then one day it's like, yeah, we're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. And do you know how powerful we can be if we just do this together and support each other together? We have our own separate businesses, but the mission is the same. And I think that will relieve a lot of people who feel like you, maybe I didn't do a great job at communicating when really, if you just sit down and really think about what is she saying? What is he saying? What do they feel like their purpose to be? If there is some synergy there, just accomplish the mission together. 
100%. I think this goes back to uh, one of the things you were saying. You asked, what would you, what would you do if you had to do it all over? Mm-hmm. And this goes to the essence of what I was saying when I said I would focus on becoming something special. Because if you are focused on becoming something special, becoming somebody powerful, becoming somebody knowledgeable, somebody that like gets stuff done and is, you know, looking to rise to the top of whatever it is that you do, I think it doesn't matter who you're with because the focus is to become something. Mm-hmm. Like personal development, I just, it's just so um, underrated. Mm-hmm. And we, we, you know, mindset training is so underrated, but like not the skill of doing something, but becoming a resourceful person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Becoming a thinker, becoming good at communication or like just really, I, I would have for sure focused on becoming really, really, really good at something. Yeah. Whatever that's going to be. Yeah. And you know, everything is always in hindsight looking a whole lot better yeah, than, sure. than it happens in real life. I know I would have taken a whole lot more time getting clear early on. Yeah. Um, because sometimes it's really easy to mistake things that you're good at for what your purpose to do. Mm-hmm. I'm good at a lot of stuff, but I'm not purpose to do that, right? Can I have an argument? Sure. I don't know. I think, uh, okay. Um, purpose. Here we go. It's overrated. Mm. Tell me more. That's a sound bite for you. Maybe we'll, we'll name this episode. Purpose is overrated. Tell me more. Um, you are uh, operating in your purpose, so to speak. But if you are operating in what you call purpose long enough, most of the time, it changes. Hmm. Do you think that the purpose changes or do you think that the vehicle that you use to achieve that thing changes? I think the purpose changes. So let's say, for instance, what do you think? Do you think, you know, what would you say my purpose is if you had to give me something? Um, I think that your purpose, I can't speak for you about what, do you what think? your purpose is. Just on the is. surface, if you had to pick one. Yeah. I think that you are a community leader. Mm-hmm. I think that you are purposed to lead a community of people and you do that through community and connectivity. True. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I think if I did it long enough, eventually I just wouldn't want to do it anymore. Or as you accomplish something, the purpose becomes something else. Well, I was going to say, it's not that you don't want to do it anymore. Maybe you accomplish something. So let's just say, for example... So our pur- is purpose based on a time frame or a season no. or a window of time? No. So I just looked up the actual definition of purpose. And it is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Okay. Right? So there are reasons for which you do the morning meetup. There's a reason in which you exist. And if we go down that lane, we'll probably get into a a religious conversation or Mm. spiritual conversation. And I kind of want to not do that right now. Um, But we all know that there's a reason that we exist. And for the most part, if I can say, I believe that the reason that that we exist is to 
to spread, to, uh, to live a life in a way that validates and spreads the goodness of God, mm. right? And we have found our own special way to do that. Mm-hmm. I believe um, that my purpose is connected to helping people decide to live a life above average, like not to settle in their lives. And that's something that I have always done from when I was selling real estate, from when I was selling cars, from when I, you know, had my clothing store. Like for me, I couldn't just own a clothing store and just sell dresses. You, the same thing. You couldn't just own a a kiosk and just sell t-shirts. I would find myself in this clothing store coaching Women, who are you buying this dress for? Your daughter? No way. (laughs) No way. Bring her in on Sunday when I'm closed. I will work with you guys. Like I have been in pursuit of helping people see the bigger picture and aspire to be more than average. Right? I like that. You know what you, I I think you may not have, you wouldn't have had that experience had you not opened the store unless you did something else you'd had that experience. But just for this example, you wouldn't have the experience of like, identifying how an outfit changes someone's feeling and emotion and Mm -hmm. their self-confidence, things of that nature. You wouldn't have that experience if you didn't open the store. But if you were thinking, well, my purpose isn't to open a store, you probably wouldn't have opened the store to have that particular experience. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs, they're trying to figure out what their purpose is before they get started Mm -hmm. when I would... I would encourage you to get started in something Mm -hmm. like just don't don't let your time be wasted. Don't let your life. Okay, if I had to say a purpose, don't let time be wasted. I believe your purpose on this earth is not to waste your time. For sure. And some people are wasting their time trying to figure out how to not waste their time. Yeah. Before they do it. Like just do. I'm like, pick Something. something. Well, here's the thing. Just to piggyback off what you're saying, I had no clue when I was selling cars and houses and clothes and owning the clothing store. I had no clue that these things were connected to my purpose. Mm. I didn't spend time like we all have that question like, man, what does my life mean? Why am I here? What am I meant to do? It didn't just like hit me in my 20s like your purpose, young Donnie, is to blah, blah, blah. Like I think people say, you know, that they've heard that from God. It didn't come for me like that, Mm -hmm. right? What ends up happening is for me, years later, I have found something and this is the longest that I've ever stuck to a thing, right? I'm usually flipping in and out of opportunities and ideas. This is the longest that I've ever stuck to something and this is something that I can't not do. Mm -hmm. Like it's really, really clear that helping people, impacting people, leading people is just, People have called me bossy my whole life, right? When really I'm just a leader. I'm a leader. Mm. And I am going to lead the same things that I used to get in trouble for in elementary school are the things that have made me next level today. Yeah. 
What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal and too talkative being bossy <laughs> not you know uh being trying to i used to get in trouble for taking charge when we had team assignments like that's just that's just me. For example, at my Wealthish event two weeks ago, uh, shout out to all the ladies of Wealthish, uh, Coach Kelly were at the event 
And um, I'm like taking charge. I'm like, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. I'm a nightmare to work with when it's like under pressure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say I'm a nightmare, but we're going to get it done and mm-hmm. we're going to get it done right. Right. And if that's not you, then I'm a nightmare. Sure. So I'm like, this needs to get done. This needs-. And we were so behind because we had so many hiccups of things that just happened and threw us off that there's seven women putting on this event. And I just like, I'm going to step up and take charge. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking charge and we got this thing that's happening in the front of the room, this like breakfast, the way we're supposed to serve breakfast to our VIPs. And me and Coriel had discussed how that's going to go. And I have it in my head like this is how it's going to happen. And then Coach Kelly comes in and she like makes it happen a different way. And I'm like, no, they were supposed to. And she's like, Donnie, calm down. Let me help. You don't have to be dominant in everything. Mm. And that resonated. I'm like, Coach Kelly, you're right. And the way Coach Kelly talked, first off, is not offensive. Anybody else said it, you might have bucked back. Yo, what do you mean? Yo, the way Coach Kelly talked, like, she, like she's so, like... She's so motherly and nurturing. Her, her, all, when she talks, I feel like, like there are arms. There's wrapping arms you. wrapped around <laughs> you. And Coach Kelly has this Southern twang, right? She's got Kelly. this. She's got this Southern twang that just, you yeah. know. And well, she's well, Donnie, just, just <laughs> let let me help you in this, you know. She's like, let me help. She's really, Donnie, let me help you in this. Yeah. You don't have to be so dominant in everything. You handle what you're handling, and let me handle this. It'll be fine. Trust mm-hmm. me. And in that moment, I was like. Okay, Coach Kelly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let your man say that. You Let, ain't got to be so dominant. You're like, what? Are you oh, oh now masculine? <laughs> now I got masculine energy? Yeah, but it was, you know, I was reminded. But but the thing is, most people are afraid to say, I'll take ownership of this. I'm going to take charge, right? I'll take the lead on this, rather. And, um, and I'm not. And these are things that, Got me in trouble over the years, but if I was super passive, I wouldn't be who I am today, right? Um, brings me back to my point. Purpose for many people doesn't just slap you in the face until it slaps you in the face. Yeah. And so in order for me, the way that I found my purpose was trying a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of stuff. I have tried a whole bunch of stuff. And even in the worst things that I have tried. (laughs) I have found myself trying to help the others that were trying this thing with me or Mm. involved in this thing with me. Like, you know, you could be doing something different. You could be doing, why don't you try this? Why don't this? That I have always been that person that helped to shift other people's perspectives, to consider a different path, to consider a different opportunity, to consider new goals. And that is just who I am. So, when you're on your journey, like you can't say, I'm not going to do this because I don't know what my purpose is. Just do it. Just do it. The real estate, the cars, the clothes, the network marketing, coaching and what I do now at the end of the day, I is believing bigger. Yeah. When people came in to get that Denali and they were scared to do their loan application. Hey, calm down. You make the money. Mm-hmm. You've got decent credit. What are you so afraid of? I'm encouraging them to think different. When women were coming in my clothing store not feeling great, I'm encouraging them to think different. When people were scared to move in certain neighborhoods, I'm encouraging them to think. And what I do right now, I am encouraging people to do different to get a better result. That is the common denominator. When you think about what you actually, it's not selling cars. I didn't just sell cars. I didn't just sell houses. You're not just 
working at the mall, there's something special about you. Maybe you go above and beyond in customer service. Maybe you're consistently a top salesperson and you are dynamic at closing big deals. Like there's something special that no matter what it is that you've tried or you do, there's a common denominator. Yeah that is likely attached to your purpose. A hundred percent. I will 100% agree with that. And I think that thing will show up in whatever you do, but the key is whatever you do. Whatever you do. So like, just jump out there and try to use your gifts that you have mm-hmm. and like you use them for the thing that you've decided to do. I don't know if if it's, you know, your job. And this this really helped me when I was working um, as a server that I didn't, I didn't start to feel like, oh man, working here just isn't my purpose. But it was. Mm-hmm. There were certain things that I had to learn through that process. I, that, that process, I was purposed to be working there so I could understand sales and relationship building and, 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 and service and working with a team and managing other people and being managed. And there were so many things that I I was, I know I was there on purpose. Yeah. yeah, I, was, yeah I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like, you can't just quit your job because it's not your purpose. Yeah. You sound crazy. Yeah. You probably haven't used your gifts in the thing that you are sitting in right now. And trust me, you will go to another job and experience the same thing. You will start another business and experience the same thing because mm-hmm. it's not about the external thing that you're doing. Brings me to another thing. Talk to me. What I would have, what I would do now if I had to start all, all over again, I would. I would have had more respect for my job. Mm-hmm. Okay. We all know my story and how I <laughs> hated my job. I was in property management. And- I love this podcast because we get to grow together. Yes. Like there are some things that I said a hundred episodes ago that I'm saying now. Oh, no. <laughs> I would have had more respect for my job and not necessarily like the employer. Mm-hmm. That's not what I mean. Like mm-hmm. the job mm-hmm. and the skills that I learned on that job because I believe that one of the reasons that I'm so dynamic in running a business, meaning the operations, the hiring, the firing, the systems, is property management. Like literally in property management, as a property manager, I am managing an owner's asset. I am the next in line after the owner who owns this asset. So I have to manage this every single day. They used to, one of the training tools in property management was when you're cutting checks and choosing vendors and signing contracts, operate as if you are operating your own bank account, your own checkbook. Mm -hmm. So before I hired a landscaper, I'm like, is this balancing out? Let me put this on the budget sheet. Let me check the monthly budget. What are we, what are we budgeted for Mm -hmm. in marketing, right? I had to, um, I'm operating in that way. So when I spend money in my own company now, like I remember, I remember going through and looking through this budget statement that we had to do. And I'm like, oh, well, we're paying such and such to do this. But I see on line item 37, we're also paying. What if we could merge these two and just pick one company? Like I learned the skill of negotiation. I learned from working in that industry, what it takes to build relationships with companies. So when I can help my clients, operate B2B instead of B2C, that's business to business instead of business to consumer, I can give you some tips and tricks to get past the gatekeeper at mm-hmm. the front desk so you can talk to the president or the CEO or whatever that is. I've had to hire. I've had to fire. 
and not just do it, but do it by the book. I had to do it. And then I had to follow up with what that meant on the back end. What does their termination letter need to say? What kind of notice needs to go to the rest of the team? Like that managing, when you are a on-site, an on-site property manager, you are the operations person. You're the systems person. There's somebody usually to help you with that. You are the, you are HR. You are the trainer. You're everything. So for me, when people say, man, Donnie, how do you know how to do all of this stuff? My 13 years of experience in property management, yeah. those skills that I learned prepared me and trained and developed me to at least understand basic concepts. And all I got to do is think about, okay, there we use systems like this. What system like that could could be in my industry or my client's industry? Dang, I think, dang, I, I as you're talking too, I realize that I've literally had no structure in my corporate experiences. I haven't had a corporate, I mean, I was either, you know, I work at Circuit City, then like, okay, you sell this product. You clock mm-hmm. in, you sell the product, you learn it, you sell it, and then you get off work. I haven't had to do anything that um, that necessarily relates to the back end of a business, mm-hmm. especially like serving and stuff like that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get that experience, which it shows up today mm-hmm. in my, um, in the way I run my business now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just certain things that, I don't understand or I don't see because I didn't experience them. So if you guys are like, if if you are like working a job right now, the most important thing I think you could do right now is understand why you're there. What can you get more? I did a training called um, get more from your job than a paycheck. And you got to get more from your job than your job gets from you because they are going to get their piece from you. They are going to get their value from you. 100%. You do the work. Bring back the money. They give you your portion of that money. But if, like, man, Reese was just talking, like he was, he was kind of discussing, like, I'm not sure what to do in a particular role. And I'm like, yo, one of the most important skills that we can have is being able to express those feelings so we can talk them through. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we just, let's, let's just talk about it because we need to find out where your major impact is going to be becoming something special in a space. You got to figure out what that's going to be. You got to figure out what that's going to be. And the only way you figure it out is to do. So if I had to do this all over again, one thing that I wouldn't change is how much I've done. Yeah. How much I've tried. Mm -hmm. How much I've tried, no matter how scary it was, no matter how minute it seemed. I didn't realize that my career in property management would train me to be a dynamic. I am a COO, but I'm a COO at heart. I'm a CEO, but I'm a COO at heart. Mm -hmm. And it's the 13 years that I spent in property management being the operator of somebody else's asset. Like, you just can't see me there. (laughs) You know what we didn't get a chance to get either? Is imagine somebody working... Imagine us working for somebody like us earlier on. Mm-hmm. Imagine you 15 years ago working mm-hmm. for Donnie Wiggins. Yeah, it would be a nightmare. Yeah, it would be a nightmare. Um, I worked for I worked for an entrepreneur when I did mortgage loans. I was a real estate agent and I did the mortgage loan too. What's up? <laughs> um, when I worked for mortgage loans, I worked for an entrepreneur. 
And this was kind of, I had taken a break in property management thinking that I would go full-fledged into real estate. And it was probably one of the most insightful yet challenging jobs I've ever had to take because they had absolutely no structure. And I would see how they were doing things as simple as, um, managing files. Like in real estate, there are rules, like there are laws that say you have to maintain a file in this order for X period of time. And I would see how their files were just like thrown all over the office. And I'm like, oh my God, if somebody came in here and audited us, like if the board came in, we'd be shut down. And so I found myself in that role, spending more time getting them organizationally together than processing loans. Mm. Right. Um, So working for, working for me right now, if I were me working for me right now, um, right now where I am today, this would probably be right in my wheelhouse. But if I were me working for me like five years ago, nightmare, Mm. complete nightmare, because it took me a long time, even as a CEO, it took me a long time to find my CEO identity. I think that's another podcast episode. I was a CEO who didn't know my CEO identity. Explain that. I was just running a business. Yeah. I was just running a business. I was just doing things. I was a talent. I'm the coach. I'm this, I'm that, and the other. I didn't realize what my special sauce was until two years ago. Yeah. I didn't realize that I had a special thing, right? And sales and operations are my special things. Like, it just is. And so I didn't need to spend my time. I used to be a DIY entrepreneur. I'm doing everything myself. I don't need to spend my time in tech. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to spend my time in, you know, what it, like checking email. That's not my thing. I don't, don't email me for any reason. I'm not <laughs> going to check it. Right? Like I just, I just right. don't. And it's a terrible thing. I don't have an assistant. I need to hire an assistant because it really is a terrible thing. I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of dollars in my email. Yeah. That's not where I spend my time. That's not my zone of genius. And so until two years ago, though I was helping people achieve this level of success, the results that I get now are so much bigger because I've identified my zone of genius. Instead of trying to be everything to every CEO who gets coached by me, I focus in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And now I'm able to magnify those results. And, and that's a lot. Like people don't, you're, you're in business, but you don't really know your, 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 your identity, you hadn't, you hadn't discovered who you are and where you actually thrive, what your special sauce is as a CEO. Yeah. Just like for you, it took a minute for you to realize that what you essentially do is connect people. When you were selling T-shirts, you didn't know that. When you were just giving out, oh, yeah, 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 let me put you on to my man who blah, 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 blah. You didn't see it at first that, mm-hmm. man, I am a master connector. Yeah. You didn't see that. It took a minute of you, years of you doing this before you realized, like you just posted on your social media page in the last two weeks. If you look at my Instagram, it features more people than it does me, yeah. than it does myself. Like you didn't know that five years ago. You didn't know that two years ago. For sure. That's just something that now you clearly, and you're communicating it more and more now. Like I have built this brand by highlighting other people. Yeah. That's your wheelhouse. 100%. Yeah. And so it's so interesting, y'all. It's a it's a continued process of growing because I'm like unwinding things that I've done over the last like four years or so. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to like unwind them and try to move forward in improving. But even, but now it's like hesitate, it's hesitant, I'm hesitant because 
I know that some of the things that I'm going to do today will have to be unwound next year. Yeah. Because I'm I'm still in learning and discovery process just because I know how to make money and I know how to um, build a business doesn't mean I have the CEO identity yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still just trying stuff. But the cool thing is I made so many mistakes and I'm better this year than I was last year. I'll be a lot better next year than I am this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about the process. I'm excited about it too. I cannot, yeah. I can't wait. Like I legitimately and sincerely am excited not even, I don't wait until a new year comes to like be excited to set new goals. Yeah. I am constantly like up in my game and 100%. redirecting like, oh, let's let's change this now. I know what we said. I just learned something at one of these masterminds that I've gone to in the last 30 days. I've been to a few. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but they suggested not doing annual planning. Mm. Made so much sense to me. They on that 12-week year vibe? No. They said don't waste your time doing annual planning, right? And at first I'm like, what kind of guidance is this? This is a scam. (laughs) This is terrible advice. And they said that instead, what they do is three, three year planning minimally at maximum five year and not being so involved in the weeds to the point it's like, we're doing this, 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 this to accomplish this this one-year goal. Instead, what's what's the big picture that you want to see your company achieve in the next three years? And they said, um, the reason that we do this is because 12 months isn't really enough of a time frame. We're still in testing. Anything can change. Details change from month to month. Mm. But over the course of three years, if you say, my goal in the next three years is to make $10 million, then even with all the pivots that happen year to year, you can still create a pathway to get to that $10 million. Whereas if you're so focused on this year, you can't even see that $10 million because you're stuck on the 3.5 that you have to make this year. How much time did you spend planning for 2020 at the end of 2019? All the events that you were going to do. All the masterminds you were going to do, all the small events, all the brunches, all the empowerment brunches. I'm asking y'all this. How much time did you spend planning for 2020 in 2019? And then look what happened in 2020. The world shut down and all those plans that you spent, you were so focused on these 12 months, all those plans that you put in place, we had to do an immediate pivot. And for you, because you were so focused on this 12-month goal, many people struggled to pivot and went out of business or many people struggled to pivot and didn't hit the goals, were super far from the goals that they created for that 12-month period of time because they were so focused on what happens in January and February instead of maybe considering creating a bigger picture. Fortunately for me, I didn't have a goal for 2020. I didn't know what the heck. Like we just in this thing, (laughs) right? I didn't necessarily create, I didn't have a, because at that time, you only know what you know, right? The only thing that I wanted to do was I knew that I needed to create my signature course because I was teaching the same thing live over and over to all these clients. I wanted to eliminate that, like the basics of starting a course or starting a coaching program and put that in a course. That's all Mm -hmm. I knew. That was it. And we still did that. It didn't require me to be anywhere. But as I think about when he said that, I've always had bigger picture goals. Mm -hmm. 
I ultimately know where the brand is going. So even if another pandemic came, it doesn't change where the brand is going. It just changes what I have to do today. So if I had to start all over again, I would create bigger picture goals with small picture milestones, maybe, and learn to be more flexible. I love it. Hey, I want to I want to close it out with uh, this message. Then we kind of share people uh, how they can contact us. If you had to start all over today, figure out what you would do and start all over tomorrow. Ooh, that's going to be an Instagram clip right there. You feel me? Hey, you guys, I just wanted to share a very serious message with oh you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Donnie, how can they, uh, how can they, how can they rock with you, man? You guys, I um you can you can get me a couple of different ways. Donnie Wiggins underscore, you'll see it in the description, you'll see it all over this video. But most importantly, if you want to start right now where you are and you're like, you know what, I know a thing or two about a thing or two, how can I become a coach like Donnie, a consultant or a course creator? I need to be developed from the beginning. Sixfigureedu.com is my signature program that trains and develops coaches, consultants, and course creators. And I update that course often, you guys, with things that I am doing in real time because things change, right? Um, Also, if you are a service-based entrepreneur and you're struggling to connect with your audience online meeting, you don't really know what to say. You got dope visuals, but you don't know what to say in your captions. You need a little bit of help to convert those followers to cash customers, uh, post to paid. Text me the words post to paid to 404-737-2767. There it is. Listen, man. It's your boy. That was corny. Uh, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Join the morning meetup, themorningmeetup.com, the only organization that gathers every single day. If you're an entrepreneur, you want to grow, you want to be a part of our book club, you want to get access to like all of our courses. I have a $2,000 course that teaches people how to start, grow, and monetize a podcast. And I put everything I had into that course. Um, and you can order it, right? You can get it for $2,000 or... You could just join the morning meetup for $399 a year and get access to the course. Meaning you get the course and I'll talk to you every single day, Monday through Friday for a year. I'm on this call and I am passionate about helping entrepreneurs get to that next level, whatever that next level is, okay? So um, we also have a content creation course in the uh, in the morning meetup app. So you can go to the app store, Download The Morning Meetup or just go to themorningmeetup.com and join our community. I promise you, you will see the value, okay? So we are out of here. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow. See y'all later. Hey, can we pose real quick for a thumbnail? (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.